So I think having that vision that is so compelling that you will personally be dedicated to it, other people can identify with it. That's why they want to join your team. You've been listening to Professor Ray Chan, Professor in Cancer Nursing at the Queensland University of Technology. You're listening to Cheers with Peers from the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4, who supports the development of high-quality cancer research in primary care. Welcome to Cheers with Peers. This is a podcast from PC4 that helps mid-career researchers dust off their research wings and reach for the stars. I'm Dr Jennifer McIntosh, a mid-career researcher working on cancer in primary care research and implementation science. In today's episode, you'll hear from Professor Chan. How did he become a mid-career superstar? What characteristics of his personality did he need to cultivate in order to become a superstar? And what's his advice for mid-career researchers in going above and beyond? Our definition of mid-career superstar involves someone who leans in on the opportunities presented to them, is a member of many committees and boards, has a commitment and dedication to quality research, and looks outside the square in regards to promoting and inspiring collaborations. Ray Chan ticks all these boxes from a mid-career researcher perspective. Apologies for the sound quality, the interview was recorded at a conference. I started by asking Ray if he envisaged being a professor at this early stage in his career. First of all, thank you for interviewing me. I don't see myself as a superstar at all, but I think if if I understand the definition that you have, I do value those opportunities to network, to collaborate, and to go on to committees to try to have an impact through those things. But going back to your very question, no, I didn't think that after my PhD, I would actually become professor within four to five years at all. So tell us a little bit about your career trajectory because not many people will know that you really did finish your PhD and become a professor in a very short time. Since I finished my MPhil in around 2007, I started a research career as a nurse researcher in the hospital. So I started sort of accumulating my research experience and my publications since then. Although it took me a longer time to complete my PhD, I actually took seven years to complete my PhD part-time when I was working full-time in a clinical setting. That then allowed me to build a track record as well over a longer period of time as opposed to people who generally do their PhD within three years. So I think that gave me some advantage. So I guess I I finished my PhD, I sort of had a a more extensive track record compared to other people who were going for NHMRC Early Career Research Fellowship at the time. But also with the, I guess with the clinical engagement, that sort of facilitated, I guess, the progression as well of my career from a senior research fellow to, to an associate professor and then subsequently became a professor within the four years after PhD. One thing we think of with a mid-career researcher superstar is this ability to actually get onto committees and boards. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you did that 
Yeah, look, I think there are a lot of opportunities and sometimes those opportunities seek us out and sometimes we just stumble across them. But I think I personally have been quite intentional with quite a few of those leadership roles because I do see them as a part of my role to, to make an impact and to use those roles to translate my research into practice and, and policies. Some of the advice that I would give to uh, mid-career researchers is, I guess, to have to be very clear about why we are taking certain leadership roles. It may be that it is a very good opportunity for us to, to have an impact through translating our research into practice. It could be that that leadership role really well aligned with your vision of uh, changing cancer care and I think for myself being involved at PC4 and ISNCC, the International Society for Nurses in Cancer Care, it really aligns with my, my vision for creating an impact and changes in cancer care. So those are the reasons why I'm in those roles. Can you tell us an example of one of those positions that you actually actively pursued and how that aligned with your vision? I became the president for CNSA, I think just a year after I had my PhD. And that certainly opened up a lot of opportunities for me. I really wanted to contribute as a nurse leader. I often believe that cancer nurses have a lot to offer at a policy table. I really wanted to be in a position whereby I could influence care policy. That's a targeted approach to getting onto a committee to influence policy specifically in the cancer nursing area and that's obviously what you've done your PhD and all your training in. Have you got any examples of any particular research that you've managed to translate into clinical practice through this process? I must say that it is not necessarily in a direct way. Taking the presidency of CNSA as an example, the role involved a lot of governance, strategic leadership, a lot of tasks that contribute to better care and better standards in cancer nursing. But during that time, it was so busy and there were so many things happening that I don't necessarily feel that there were any direct effort for me to translate my research into practice per se. Nevertheless, what that leadership role gave me is a national, international profile and network whereby I can then build upon and continue to collaborate with those people that I met through that role in continuing my research. So my recent national research project involved a lot of those people that I met through that role. So indirectly, it, it did assist. One of the things that's really interesting to me is that when you're on a committee or a board, there's a whole new skill set you need. And I think also you need to be quite strategic about which boards you're on and which ones you aren't and with a very clear vision like you have it's obviously a lot more targeted. How did you find that you developed the skills or you had the skills to actually contribute and become a president of a senior committee or a board? Being involved in lower level committees in an organisation is very very important before you step up to a board position. I must say that before I stepped up to be the president I didn't necessarily have any board experiences. I actually did have one year of president-elect year. That helped me a great deal. And during that time, I took that course 
from AICD, which assisted enormously in terms of really keeping abreast of all the legislations and rules and best practice in leading the board and being the first among equals and understanding how the board is the central role of the board in ensuring the organization will continue to thrive in reaching its mission. And I think it is very important and it's not a personal agenda. It is about the mission and the vision of the organization. And of course, participating on boards and taking leadership roles like that will add to your career. But it is very important for us to see that alignment between what we want to achieve in our career and whether there is that strong alignment um, in the organization that we are getting heavily involved in. Obviously, time management would be a huge challenge for you. How do you prioritize? I feel that I'm failing forward in that matter. I learn, I get advice from people that I should be doing less. And it's down to very, very little things, even down to looking at your calendar and putting all your deadlines in and not people just booking appointments to your calendar. It might sound like something that is very logical to everyone, it's common sense, but I just found out that I actually haven't been doing it over the past year or so, even though I was doing it prior to that. And it's interesting for us to continue to review how we manage our time and not think that I'm so good at managing my time and therefore I'm just going to do whatever I want now. I learned to take advice from my families when I need to have a balance. I used to open up my laptop every night, even when the kids are playing. Now, I learn to try to better time manage during the day and make sure that I don't actually open up my laptop unless if I really need to in the evenings. And those are very important things for longevity. It's very important to my overall health so that I can actually give more back to the career over a longer time. And how the research system is really shaping up, we as researchers, if we really want to last long haul, we can't just have short-term wins. We can't just look at the things that this looks good, therefore I'm going to grab it. We have to be in it for the long haul and actually think a little bit longer term about what are some of the things that we're going to do or get engaged with to have the greatest impact. As an MCR, given that long-term trajectory and vision that you have, can you give us three tips on how you would get to the next level where you can actually make an impact? An advice given by a senior colleague. She was telling me that, Ray, it is very important, whatever things that you're doing, that you're going to bring people with you and don't bring them with you because you want to build their career or they build yours but bring them along with you and let them be drawn to your compelling vision with what you want to achieve in cancer care in your career and that spoke to me instantly that we are not here just so that we can survive so that we can get a job so that we can get a promotion it is important that teamwork is so important that we work collegially but towards a vision a vision to have the largest impact so I think having that vision that is so compelling that you will personally be dedicated to it other people can identify with it that's why they won't join your team I really don't think that as a mid-career researcher it will be sustainable for me to keep doing everything just on my own I really need a team I need to build a team And to build that team, I need to have a vision that would draw people to that team so that we can function together very well. 
So what personality traits do you think are important in a mid-career researcher? And what areas of your own personality did you have to put the work in to develop your research personality or brand? I think being very, very observant to the strengths of the people around you is very important. I don't know whether you call it a personality trait. I believe it's a very, very important characteristic of a successful researcher that you watch what other successful researchers do and you actually learn from them. And one example that I would give is Bogda Koswara. Bogda is so good at bringing people together. She is very, very good at setting up a vision and getting people excited about a vision and people genuinely passionate about that vision and actually go along with her to achieve great aims. And I think over the past two years, I observed that and I try to utilize that in some of the projects and some of the visions that I have. And they might not necessarily be, you know, world-changing, you know, international efforts or what have you, but I try to learn from people who are very good leaders. That's fantastic. And obviously, you're saying you need a high EQ as well as obviously a high IQ, which you seem to have both of. One final question, Ray. We always ask everybody if they're listening to any particular podcast at the moment. I am listening to Cheers for Peers. (laughs) Excellent. And in, in addition to that, I'm also listening to this podcast that talks about management. And time management is actually one of the topics. And this particular podcast called Manager Tools include a a lot of tools that are very useful for managers and leaders. I'd like to thank you very much. It's been fabulous talking to you. you. That was Professor Ray Chan. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Cheers with Peers, produced by PC4. Do let us know what you think about this episode by emailing info at pc4tg com.au or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at PC4TG. Don't forget to visit PC4's website, pc4tg.com.au.